Back in the winter of 2002, my wife and I were living in Forest Lake, Minnesota. Now, Forest Lake, Minnesota is on the north side of the Twin Cities. There's a, uh, an interstate, I-35, that goes up to the Twin Cities, and then it splits off, and there's I-35 West, I-35 East, and then they come back together at the top of the Twin Cities. That's where Forest Lake is. It's right where those two interstates come, come together. Now, Forest Lake uh, is a, a nice little town about the size of Griffith, and I was the pastor at the, first Christian, at the Forest Lake Christian Church for five years before we moved here, and uh, we were... Um, Getting ready to go on vacation, uh, my wife and I. Uh, one of the things that you need to know is my wife in September of 2002 nearly died uh, from a multiple pulmonary emboli. She had blood clots in her lungs, and she came within 15 minutes of dying. We had no idea how bad it was. Uh, and so we're getting ready to take a road trip in December. This is right after Christmas. We're going to come visit some family, and we're going to go to Florida. Because when you're in Minnesota in the wintertime, there's only one thing you want to do, and that's go somewhere else. Uh, preferably warm. So uh, the thing is that with Shannon having uh, these blood clots in her lungs and having a blood clotting disorder, they told us um, you have to stop every hour so she can get up and walk around for five minutes. I don't know if you know this or not, but Florida is nowhere near Minnesota. And it is a long, long drive in a 1989 Toyota Camry uh, to get, and this is 2002, so 175,000 miles in the Camry. We're going to drive it from Forest Lake all the way to Miami. Uh, crazy, right? So uh, we get in the car. Uh, we're going to stop every hour. Uh, we're gonna, and she's going to get out and uh, walk around for five minutes. And I kid you, it's like 25 hours to drive. Anyway, so we're, we're, we're on our way. We're going down. We're, we're driving to Florida. We, we're going to stop in Crown Point and visit my family. We did that. We're going to stop in Columbus, Indiana and visit my sister who was living there at the time. And then we're going to drive to Valdosta, Georgia. Valdosta, Georgia is right on the very southern edge of Florida. Uh, it's right there uh, at southern edge of Georgia, northern part of Florida. So we, we start leaving from Columbus and we're driving through Indiana. Just like that, we're in Kentucky. Just like that, we're in Tennessee. We're in Florida. I don't know. How many of you have ever driven through Georgia? Oh, my. Like I said, you make good time through Kentucky and Tennessee and think, man, this is great. We're going to get there in no time. And then Georgia. And you get to Georgia, and you hit this little town called Atlanta. It has, like, the worst traffic in the United States, and it takes forever to get through Atlanta, and then it takes forever to get through the southern half of Georgia, and by the time you get to Valdosta, you're like, finally, we're almost to Florida. There's palm trees and everything. I'm getting excited. I'm getting geeked up. All right, we're almost to Florida. So we're going to do a trip around Florida. We're going to do a tour of Florida. We're going to go to Tampa, and then Miami, and then we're going to go up to Daytona. So we're going to do this trip around Florida, and uh, we get to Tampa, and Tampa, uh, we loved it. It was great, nice city and everything. And, and here's the best part about Tampa. It's right there in the Gulf of Mexico, and it's right by Clearwater Beach. Clearwater Beach is my favorite beach in the planet. I love Clearwater Beach because the sand is like powdered sugar. It literally feels like powdered sugar. It's so soft, and it's a beautiful beach. It's awesome. And I, I, I could have stayed. I, I, could, I would love to, to retire there or something like that, or, or maybe heaven is like Clearwater Beach. So anyway, um, we get to Clearwater, and, and we're, I'm standing in the Gulf of Mexico. I'm standing, I got my shorts on, I got my t-shirt, I got my, I got my sandals. I took them off before I got in the water, but I got sandals, shorts, t-shirt, sunscreen, sweat. It's beautiful. It's just a great day, right? And so uh, we're getting ready to leave the beach, and it's like, ah, oh, we're kind of hungry. Let's, 
let's go find somewhere to eat. Let's go find a, a restaurant to eat at. So we leave Clearwater, we, we get over to Tampa, and we're driving down the main thoroughfare, and we see this restaurant off to the left. It's an Italian place called Donatello. It's like, hey, I like Italian food. You're a vegetarian. You can eat Italian food. Let's, let's, let's hit Donatello. Let's see what this is all about. This is in the days before smartphones, so we have no idea how to look this place up and find out that we don't belong there. No, we pull up in the 89 Camry, right? And the valet parking guy comes out. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Uh, let's just continue. Hey, 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 come on in, come on in. It's like, oh, no. So we get out of the car, and we walk in. Sandals, shorts, T-shirts, sunscreen, sweat. That's us. That's the Cornets in Florida. We walk in. The guy zips away in the Camry. Walk into the restaurant. Two guys in tuxedos are standing behind the desk. Oh, we have made a mistake. We are in the wrong place. You know what? We're just going to go. Obviously, you know, this is. Yeah. No, no, no. Come on in. Come on in. We'd love to have you. We are walking through the restaurant. Again, sandals, shorts, t shirts, sunscreen, sweat. We are walking through this restaurant, and everybody is in dresses and suits. Except for us. And it's like, we do not belong here. We are in the wrong place. Cloth, tablecloths, like three different servers. There's like a busboy, a server, a table server. All these people are coming up. They got people in tuxedos pouring water. Pouring water to you guys in tuxedos. What are we doing here? Why are we here? And it's like, oh, we have made a mistake. But they treated us like we were royalty. I mean, they treated us so great. They were so nice to us. I mean, it's like we were family. Fast forward 13 years, 15 years. 2017, we're in Florida again with the little guy and, and the two of us. And it's my wife's birthday. And I made reservations, unbeknownst to her, at a little restaurant in Tampa called Donatello. Because I will never ever forget the way we were treated there. And sure, the bill was $150. I know. I know that now. But it was worth every penny. It was worth every penny. Because we didn't look like we fit in. We didn't look like we belonged. We didn't feel like we belonged. But they made us feel like honored guests. And I think there's times in our lives where we feel like we don't belong. There's times in our lives where we feel like we don't fit in. Maybe you've been invited to a party before, and you didn't know anybody, and you went in, and you realized you were underdressed. Or maybe you were overdressed. Either way, it's very uncomfortable. Or maybe you went to a wedding reception, and you didn't know anyone there. Not even the bride and groom, you just crashed it, whatever. You know, no judgment. Um, but uh, you went to a wedding reception, you didn't feel like you knew anybody, you didn't feel like you fit in, you didn't feel, you know, like you were part of it. Or maybe church. Maybe you came here today and you're like, I don't know if I fit in here. I don't know if I should even be here. You know, a crazy pastor at the door greeting everybody, calling them by name. Does he know my name? By the way, I do now. Um, but, uh, you know, maybe you feel like I, I don't belong here. I don't, I don't look right. Or, or, you know, when you come to church for the first time, or maybe the first time in a long time you wonder, well, what are people going to wear? What are people going to be like? You know, and I'm here to tell you right now, you are in the right place. Because this is the right church for you. 
You may not know it yet, but trust me, it is. But there's times in our lives when we feel like we don't fit in. We don't feel like we belong. And I think we all feel that from time to time at different occasions and different gatherings. Maybe it's with family or, or people who you don't know. And you just feel like you don't fit in. Well, there's a psalm. Psalm 23. We've been studying it here for the last several weeks. And Psalm 23, 5 is the verse we're going to look at today. We've been taking this psalm verse by verse. And we've been looking at the different verses. The first Sunday, the first weekend that we did this series, we just looked at the first five words of the psalm. The Lord is my shepherd. And we talked about how God is our shepherd. And how he shepherds us. And, and over the subsequent, subsequent weeks, we saw how God protects us, how he provides for us, how he leads us, how he guides us. And today we're going to talk about how he invites us. Because I think one of the coolest things about God is that he's not aloof. He's not far away. He's not on a cloud somewhere saying, don't bother me. You know, maybe you had a parent like that when you were growing up, and they're like, just don't bother me. Just leave me alone. That's not God. No, the God I know is the shepherd who invites. And the shepherd is inviting you to be his guest today. And we're going to talk about that and why, why I think that. From Psalm 23, verse 5. We're going to put the words on the screen. I want you to read it with me. Just read it out loud with me real quick. David wrote, You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. These are wonderful words, and I want to explain a little bit about what they mean. Now, this 23rd Psalm was written by David. He was the shepherd king of Israel. Uh, he was a shepherd growing up, and then he became the greatest king, the greatest human king of Israel, in Israel's history. And so you've got David who writes these words, the Lord is my shepherd. And he talks the first four verses about how God is his shepherd. And then he shifts metaphors. He moves from a pasture and a shepherd to a king and a palace. So instead of talking about a, a shepherd and a pasture and sheep, he's talking about a king who invites people into his presence in his palace. And so that's what we're going to talk about today. And the first forward, the first part of this, I'm going to break it down into four pieces. The first part of it is, he says, you prepare a table before me. You prepare a table before me. So what we have here is a banquet. This is a, a, a gala. It is a, a, a dinner. Uh, and, and David uh, has been invited to this dinner. He says, you prepare a table before me. In other words, you invite me into your presence. That's something crazy to think about for just a minute. That the God of the universe, the God who created everything and created everyone and made everything that we see around us, stars, planets, earth, uh, everything that God made, you and me, invites us, this all-powerful, all-knowing, amazing God invites us to come near to him. He invites us to this table, to this banquet, to this gala, to this dinner. And he says, I want you to come to my palace and sit at my table. He says, you prepare a table before me. You know, God is, uh, the, the Bible talks about tables in different places. One of the places it talks about is where the, the Jesus and his disciples gathered uh, in order to celebrate the Lord's Supper, what we call communion. And they did that for the first time uh, in, the, in the Gospels. And, and that's where Jesus told his disciples that he was going to die for the sins of humanity, where he was going to die for people's sins. And he said, I want you to remember me in one simple way. 
And, and we do that every Sunday, every weekend here at GFCC. We, we take a little bit of bread and a little bit of juice and it reminds us of the body of Jesus, that his body was torn and broken for our sakes. And now he shed his blood and that's why we take the juice. The juice reminds us of his blood, that he shed his blood. The Bible says that without the shedding of blood, there can be no forgiveness. But because Jesus shed his blood, our sins can be forgiven. And if you'll put your faith and trust in Jesus by believing in him, repenting from your sins, which means just to turn around and, and go in a different direction. If you will confess your faith and get baptized, God will wash away your sins, every single one of them. And, and when God forgives your sins, when he washes away your sins, not only does he forgive them, but he also forgets them. He says, I'm not only going to forgive your sin, I'm going to forget all about them. The Bible says that God uh, forgives our wickedness and uh, forgives our sins and remembers them no more. He chooses to forget our sins. He remembers them no more. And God's got a wonderful sense of amnesia. Because, you know, you'll sit there and, and, and the devil will come calling, and the devil will come accusing you, and Satan will accuse you of all these things you've ever done. Do you remember when you did this? Do you remember when you did that? Do you remember when you said those things and you hurt those people? Do you remember when you did all those terrible things and you hang your head in shame going, man, I can't believe I did those things. God, how could you forgive me? God, I don't even deserve this. God, how, you remember when I did all that stuff? And God says, I have no idea what you're talking about. I don't remember I choose to forget all of your sins. That's awesome. And this same God invites us into his presence. And it's because of what Jesus did for us on a hill so far away. In fact, the prophet Isaiah talks about that hill, the mountain where Jesus died in Isaiah 23, 5, 25, 6 through 8. He says, on this mountain, the Lord Almighty will prepare a feast of rich food for all peoples, a banquet of aged wine, the best of meats and the finest of wines. On this mountain, he will destroy the shroud that enfolds all peoples, the sheet that covers all nations. He will swallow up death forever. The sovereign Lord will wipe away the tears from all faces and he will remove his people's disgrace from all the earth. He will wipe tears from all faces because of what Jesus did. There's no more crying. There's no mourning. There's no sorrow. There's no grief. There's only love and joy and hope and peace that comes from knowing your Savior who invites you to this table, who invites you to this banquet of choice meats, of the finest meats and the choicest of wine. This is where God invites you to come to today. But wait, there's more. He says, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. See, David had lots of enemies. He was the king of Israel. And there were people who were trying to take his throne. There were people who were trying to overcome and, and conquer uh, Israel. And David says, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. There are two kinds of guests at this table. There are invited guests, who's David, and then there are uninvited guests, and those are the enemies. And they have to sit there and watch David eat in the presence of the king as the invited guest. Well, they just, they have no choice but to watch. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies who have to look on while I dine with the king. And he says, you anoint my head with oil. How many of you have ever heard this psalm before? Psalm 23. All right, it's very popular. A lot of people know it. How many of you have ever heard these words, you anoint my head with oil, and thought, what in the world does that mean? Let me tell you what that means. In those days, if you went to a banquet, they would anoint the heads of honored guests with oil. It was a mixture of perfumes and olive oil. And they would pour oil over your head to let everyone know that you were an honored guest. That you were a guest of honor. You were a VIP. 
And David says that when you invite me to your table, when you invite me into your presence, when you invite me to the banquet, I'm not a worthless person. I'm not an outsider. I'm not on the C list. I'm not on the B list. I'm on the A list, baby. God, God invites us to come to him. He invites us in his presence and says, you are my honored guest. You are my VIP. I want you here with me. Let me pour some oil on your head. You're like, whoa. No, it's a good thing. It's a good thing. You're an honored guest in his presence. You're not worthless. You're not an outsider. You're not in some other room. You're not at the end of the table. You're, you're not on another table. You're at the head table. You're an honored guest in the presence of the king. How cool is that? So he says, you prepare a table before me. In the presence of my enemies, you anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. That God abundantly provides everything we need. And he doesn't just, he doesn't just fill your cup halfway. Uh, he doesn't just give you a little top off. He doesn't just fill it to the brim. He pours out so many blessings. He abundantly pours out his blessings. Our cups overflow. This is the kind of God who loves us, who invites us into his presence. That when he gives us food, when he feeds us, when he gives us something to drink, he, when he blesses us, he pours out tons and tons and tons, abundance of blessings. Yeah, I... How many of you have ever been to a, a, a buffet at a casino? Now, now, I'm not asking you, have you been to a casino? Have you been to the buffet at the casino? See, that's different. I, I've, never been past the, I've never been past the buffet, as you can tell. I remember the first time I went to the buffet at the Ameristar. So we're going in, and uh, I walk into this place, and there's every kind of food imaginable. I mean, it was like, wow, this is awesome. I mean, there's Mexican food, there's Chinese food, there's Italian food, there's pizza, there's prime rib, there's carved turkey. I'm like, I don't even know where to start. This, this is awesome. And then I saw it out of the corner of my eye, the four-foot-tall chocolate fountain. Oh, the four-foot-tall chocolate fountain. And I said to myself, that will be on the buffet table in heaven. That will be in heaven, right there, that chocolate fountain. And they got all kinds of stuff that you can put into it, like angel food cake, or you can put in uh, little bits of pineapple, little bits of banana, little bits of strawberry. And I, all I'm thinking is, I just want to put my head under it and just drink from the chocolate fountain, because this is awesome. This is amazing. I love the chocolate fountain. And so I'm thinking, man, if that's how we can provide at a, at a buffet, imagine what God can provide. Imagine how God feeds us when we come into his presence, when we dine in his presence. Imagine how God takes care of us. Imagine how God provides and how God blesses. He says, you prepare a table before me. In the presence of my enemies, you anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Now there's three things you've got to know and how this pertains to your life. The first is you are an invited guest. You are an invited guest, that God is inviting you into his presence. God is inviting you to come near to him. In the book of James, it says that if we will draw near to God, that he will draw near to us. That in spite of all your weaknesses, in spite of all your failures, in spite of all your sins, God says, I want to be with you. And I'm inviting you to come near to me. I want you to come into my presence. I want you to be with me. And where I am, I want you to be there. And so when, 
when he prepares a table before us, he's preparing a table for you. He's preparing a table for you. He wants to be with you. He wants to be with you forever. And if you'll put your faith and trust in Jesus, you'll be with him forever. So you're an invited guest. But wait, there's more. You are an honored guest. You're not just invited, but you're a guest of honor. You're on the VIP list. I mean, they're pulling the, the, the velvet rope back for you. Come on in. You're an invited, honored guest. Like I said, it, it, it's not like you're worthless. It's not like you're an outsider. You're an insider. And you may have people in your life who treat you bad. Teenagers, you go to school tomorrow. Sorry, sorry for that reminder, but... You know, when you go to school tomorrow, there may be kids in your class who bully you, who pick on you, who tell you you're a loser or you're a nerd, you're a geek. You know, there may be people in your life who just pick on you and bully you all the time. They make you feel worthless and they tear down your self-esteem and it makes you think bad thoughts about yourself and bad thoughts about what you want to do. I'm here to tell you right now that your God, your Heavenly Father, your Heavenly Daddy, loves you so much and he considers you to be an honored guest in his presence. That you are not worthless. And you are not a loser. And you are not an outsider. And you are not a nerd. Nope. You're a guest of honor in the presence of God. And, and maybe, maybe for you, you know, maybe you have a spouse. Maybe you're a, you're a married person. You've got a spouse who treats you bad. And they, they say terrible things to you or terrible things about you. And you're thinking to yourself, man, I, I feel like a piece of trash. I feel worthless because my spouse, my, my husband, my wife, they, they treat me so bad. And I feel like I just don't measure up and I can't do anything right. It's not true. You're an honored guest in God's presence. You're an honored guest at the king's table. You're not, a, you're not worthless. You're not a piece of trash. Or maybe you've got kids and your kids neglect you or they forget about you and they don't want anything to do with you. Man. I'm here to tell you right now that your God, your Father, the one who invites you into His presence, the one who invites you to be His guest of honor, will never neglect you. He'll never reject you. He'll never forsake you. He'll never forget you. He can't stop thinking about you. And He loves you so much. And He welcomes you into His presence as His honored guest. So you're an invited guest. And not just any old guest, but you're an invited guest of honor. And lastly, you're a blessed guest. You are a blessed guest. That God has poured out his blessings on you. And maybe you don't see it all the time. Maybe you forget about it. But I want to encourage you today to count your blessings and not complain about them. See, it's easy to complain about things that others wish they had. You know, it's easy to complain about our blessings, complain about our spouses, complain about our kids, complain about our cars, our houses, our jobs. There are people in your life, there are people you know, people who make you be your neighbor, could be a friend, a family member, there are people you know who would love to have the blessings that you complain about. The blessings that you take for granted, the blessings I take for granted, there are people out there who would love to have those things. The things we take for granted, the things that we complain about. So don't complain about your blessings. Thank God for them. Count your blessings. Don't complain about them. Count your blessings. Don't gripe about them. God has provided for you in so many ways. 
you probably have forgotten all the ways that God has taken care of you. Whether it's a job or a house, a spouse or a car, friends and relationships, godly parents, an amazing church, amen? You know, God has provided for you time and time again. And sometimes when you didn't know how you were going to make ends meet, you didn't know how things were going to work out, you didn't know how things were going to go, and yet God stepped in right at the right moment. And he provided what you needed, and he took care of you in that time. Don't complain about your blessings. Count them. Because you are a blessed guest. And when we do that, when we realize who God is, that he is the king and creator of the universe, that he is your maker and my maker, he is our father. And when we realize just who God is, and how holy and awesome and righteous He is. How perfect He is. How pure He is. And when we realize just how imperfect and impure we are. And yet He reaches out to us. And says, I want you all to be with me. And I'm inviting you to my table. To be my guest of honor. Where I'm going to pour out so many blessings on you. You won't be able to count them all. And when we realize that, it changes things. It changes our perspective. It changes our perspective about ourselves. It changes our perspective about God. So my encouragement to you today, come to the table. Don't wait any longer. Come to the table. He's invited you. And he welcomes you. And he wants you to be with him. Not as an outsider, not as an observer, not as a spectator, but as his guest of honor.